I feel like we've already heard a great sermon today. Thank you for sharing, Pauline. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure you've all had this experience when a verse or a story from the Bible just sticks with you for a while. And for the past two years, I've been sitting with this one Bible story, and I wanted to talk about that today and kind of share some of the things I'm learning. So the story is in Mark, um, chapter 5, verse 24. Uh, I meant to get the little white sheets like Jason does, but I wasn't organized enough. So so you can either follow in your Bibles or I, I can read it right here. Uh, so Mark chapter 5, verse 24. A large crowd followed and pressed around Jesus. And a woman who was there, who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, because she thought, if only I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around at the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So at first reading, this is a story about Christ healing someone who is sick. But I noticed something else. This is also a story about a woman's faith in the midst of waiting. This story has been teaching me how to wait faithfully. The text doesn't tell us what the 12 years were like for the woman, but we can imagine. In the first century, being a woman was actually quite painful. You had no rights, legal or otherwise. You were a possession of men. So if you were single, you were the property of your father. If you were married, you were the property of your husband. And on top of this, this poor woman was hemorrhaging constantly for 12 years. Because of the Leviticus laws, a discharge of blood meant she was considered unclean. So whoever she touched and whatever she touched would be considered unclean. So she had to be segregated from everyone, her community, If she had been married, she would be separated from her husband. If she had given birth, she'd be separated from her children. She was excluded from worship in the synagogue and fellowship with the people of God. So these 12 years must have been horrific for this woman. How do you have faith when living through this? And although we have not gone through what this woman has, I'm guessing that we all know what it is like to wait before God for something whether it's for health, for blessings, for understanding, whatever it is, we all know how uncomfortable and painful it can be to wait. Why does God ask us to wait anyways? Why did this woman have to wait 12 years? The truth is, I don't know. And the text doesn't tell us. But that's okay. Uh, God's ways are not our ways. And we have to be willing to wait for the explanations. What we do know is that God uses these waiting times for good things, good for us, good for the kingdom. Sometimes God guides us into these extended periods of poverty, desert experiences. 
And I have come to learn that he trusts us with these trials. He trusts us. He trusted the woman for 12 years. And he trusts you with what you're waiting for now. And just because we're in the desert doesn't mean we are outside of the Holy Spirit's guidance. In winemaking, apparently there is something that is done that is called stressing the grapes. So caretakers will not water a grape plant for a time, during which the grapes are forced to get nutrients from themselves. They secrete more, which makes the wine sweeter. And also the, the vine develops a thinner stem so they can absorb more sun, which makes the grapes plumper with juice. So it may seem like wasted time, but things are happening behind the scenes. There is blessing in poverty. It is where the woman discovered hope in Christ. All other resources were exhausted. Mark tells us that she had tried all the doctors. She had spent all her money. But not only did it not work, it just made the problem worse. The woman knew that there was nothing in herself to provide health, life, meaning, During desert times, as Jesus was, we are often assailed by the devil to give up our identity. The woman in the story would have been tempted to think of herself as unclean or just a woman, but her identity becomes purified and stripped of all that is not true. These times are an opportunity to root our identity deeper in Christ. Places of weakness actually become places of strength in the desert. In the times of waiting, our hearts become aligned with God's heart. Our priorities change, and we can see what we need to be chasing. In the world, if we chase success, we often get success. And if we chase faithfulness, we often get apparent failure. I'm going to repeat that one. If we chase success, we often get success. And if we chase faithfulness, we often get apparent failure. The language of success and failure is actually not Christian language. And in God's economy, we become less as we do more for the kingdom. This has been a hard lesson for me. I am a 35-year-old woman who is living in her parents' basement. I have only a few shekels in the bank. I don't have a home, a car, a stable job, a husband, children, a vocation, All the things that mark a person as successful and fulfilled in this life. Good things. Things that I want and still hope for, though there are no guarantees. But this period I am in of not having them has shown me my absolute dependence on God for every good and perfect gift. I cannot create meaning for my life myself. And being stripped of these things has been an exercise in trusting that Christ is enough. God has to be enough. My new mantra these days is, I am nothing, I have nothing. This mantra is a perfect prayer for me right now. It expresses my lament, but it also reframes my experience positively. I am nothing, and I have nothing. I was born this way, I will die this way, and everything in between this way too, if I have the courage to see it. I am utterly dependent on God. I don't need to manipulate, wrestle circumstances, in my favor, or secure things for myself. I can stop striving and rest in that dependence. And it's actually a really freeing place to be. During these periods of waiting, God has, best, has a vested interest in our growth. The growth of the kingdom happens through the growth of his people. 
So this woman's faith in this gospel is bolstering my faith 2,000 years later. This is how faith works in God's economy. Every faith act ripples continually outward. So how did this woman have faith in the midst of her pain and poverty? I don't know, but she did. Jesus applauds her faith and blesses it. What I love about this woman is that her faith is active, and she waited with great strength and creativity. She was not waiting passively. She shows us that in the waiting, there is room for choice and for a decision. And Christ shows us that there is so much freedom and grace to explore and experiment. So this woman, she intentionally, deliberately, single-mindedly sought out Christ. Think of what must have had to happen for her to get to that place in front of Jesus. She must have heard somehow that Christ was passing through. She decided all by herself that Christ was the only way and that he would not withhold good from her. And she was willing to step out of the categories that were you know, self-imposed or created by society uh, of being a woman and um, being unclean. And she made sure she was able to get there. She endured being pushed and jostled even though she was ill. She risked, risked people's anger for making them unclean if she had touched them. And she had the creativity to think, if only I could hold on to his robe. It was like a fleece in that sense. And think how creative her mind was to think of this. And that perhaps she was the first, first person to have ever thought this way. So this, if only, comes out of her active, creative faith. This story is a beautiful illustration of how Jesus loves to see our faith. He follows our faith and can't help but honor it. When Jesus turns around to see the woman, she is trembling in fear. She expects his first words to her to be ones of anger and frustration. She has made him unclean after all. But what is the first word that Jesus says to her? If I had a little white sheet, that would be easier. <laughs> it's daughter. Yeah, a word of adoption a word of belonging. This is what happens when we encounter Christ in our waiting. Our identities are transformed. She goes from being merely a woman, unclean woman, to becoming a daughter of God. She assumes she's hidden. In fact, she sneaks up behind Christ. She doesn't even consider coming to him directly. Yet he sees her. He heals her. He calls her daughter and delivers her from meaninglessness. She becomes part of his grand plan of renewing everything. So in the spirit of Jason's do one thing this week, I would encourage you this week to look for a way to creatively and actively express your trust in Christ with the thing that you are waiting for. To bring the rawness, the sickness, the reality to Jesus in prayer. That truthfulness is important to him and to your relationship. Press into your daughtership and your sonship. And see your places of poverty as actually places of holiness, a place to be drawn to God. Let the problems in your life move you to Christ. Act like it is true that God takes care of us. Act as if God will not withhold good. This is what faith is. So again, look for a way to creatively and actively express your trust in Christ for the thing you're waiting for. So before I go, I want to tell this story once more. And this time I want to encourage you to bring to Christ the thing that you're waiting for along with the woman imaginatively. 
Um, So while I read, just imagine that you are there in that scene and place your confidence in Christ with the thing that concerns you the most and feel the force of Jesus. Close your eyes if it helps and just let Christ minister to you. A large crowd followed and pressed around Jesus and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if only I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Amen. Thank you.